Tuesday night and the gates are low. Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Cal United Football Club. From Clint Hill to Evan at Horwood and Ray Train to Sean Teal, we've got it covered. This is episode 22 and today we're going to be reviewing the excellent weekend victory over Crawley Town, looking ahead to a tough midweek trip to Wirral to face Tramere Rovers, rounding up the latest news from Brunton Park, not much there, and talk and looking, taking a look sorry, at how ex-United players have got on over the weekend. I'm joined, as usual, by one of my regular co-hosts, and that's Dan McLennan today. Dan, how's it go? Yeah, not too bad. All, all the better for uh, Saturday's performance. Oh, it's fantastic, wasn't it? Real real breath of fresh air, I suppose, wouldn't you say? Yeah, just a shame we never got five or six, which I think we probably deserved. I mean, we should have done really, wouldn't we? And it, it's a yeah. game that we were a bit worried about, because they had a really good run of home form, didn't they? And, yeah. you know, you would never have guessed it. Based on the way we played, it was yeah totally dominant. And it's, uh, it's it's one of our best grounds now, isn't it? And in, in eight games, four wins and four draws, I think it is now. Oh, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Really, the, the way we think. Uh, no, the one the one time we picked to go, we picked the worst of the lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, let, I really don't want to talk about that. Let's not no. talk about that one no, again, shall no. we? So, uh, and I, I've got the easy link today. They've all played for Tranmere and Carlisle. Indeed, they have. Indeed, they have. Um, there are quite a few to pick from here. I'm annoyed because we haven't really got many players beginning with an eye because I was going to use Lloyd Easton. Um, <laughs> and there's also Darius Kubiki played yeah. for both of us. And unfortunately, we haven't got a 2K, so a bit of a shame that. But yeah, four nice names there. Nice to hear Sean Teal's name every now and then, isn't it? Uh, yeah, decent player. Uh, yeah. Two, two good centre backs towards the end of their career played for us there, isn't it? Hill and yeah. Teal. But yeah. Um, okay, let's get straight into the news section then, Dan. Uh, there's no breaking news today, unfortunately, so uh, we're just going to go with one bit of news. That's uh, the FA Youth Cup. So uh, didn't have a chance. We, well, we we sort of live commented on this one, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, you did anyway. Ch- chucked a few mentions in when we were recording we did, the we last did, episode. But, uh, uh, they were two one up, I think, when we finished, and thankfully they managed to hold on. In fact, added another goal, didn't they? they made it three one. So yeah, uh, yeah, the youth team are through to the. Third round, I think it is, of the FA Youth Cup. Yeah. With a 3-1 win over Bradford City at Brunton Park last Thursday. There was goals from Sam Fishburne, Adam Walton and a Lewis Bell penalty. We were enough to see off the Bantams. They, they knocked us out in this competition last season, didn't they? I think in, I don't know if it was the first or the second round, but it went to injury to, uh, extra time that game. So mm. nice to get it sorted in 90 minutes against one of the better sides, uh, youth sides at our level, at least anyway. So the academy side will now face Blackburn Rovers in the next round. Of course, there's a bit of a link there, isn't there, Dan? Yeah, Eddie Kinder will know them very well, won't he? So. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's uh, good stuff from the youth team. Well done to them, and hopefully you can get through to the next round again. It's a Brunton Park again, so should be on YouTube, I would have thought, this one. so Yeah, like like say, obviously, I, I was watching it while we were recording the last episode. Uh, if, if if you're able to, just uh, put YouTube up on your, on your TVs, phones, iPads, whatever, and uh, you just literally click the official CUFC page and... It should be there to watch, and like I say, I watched it on uh, Matelli, so it's happy days. Yeah, it was very, very enjoyable to watch that, was it? Um, yeah. Let's get straight in then to the match review then, Dan. Uh, Crawley Town nil, Cal United 3. Uh, pretty comprehensive stuff, really, wasn't it? That early kickoff actually meant we jumped up into the top three for a little while, but results, obviously, as you'd expect with teams up there, went in their favour and we dropped back down to fourth place, but um, we're now just... Five points behind first place, Notts County. Sorry, Newport County. I was just promoted Notts County there. To the football <laughs> league. Um, and uh, one point behind third place, Cheltenham Town. Probably the best performance of the season so far. I'd say better than the Newport one, you reckon? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we kept a clean sheet. It was away from home. And as we've already said, we could, we could and probably should have had four, five, maybe even six. I mean, let's talk briefly about uh, their manager, John Yems. We, we mentioned him in the preview, didn't we? And our expectation that would be a bit miserable after the game. He wasn't that miserable, but he was talking absolute nonsense, wasn't he? In some of his post-match comments, he said that um, 
when he was asked, I think, by their things, you know, it was just a bad day of the office, you know, and he, I think he said to one of the lines, well, I didn't think they were worthy of a three-goal lead. I thought we had plenty of chances. We had, nah. we had, <laughs> look at the stats. Yeah. We, we had 12 shots on target. They had none. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Paul Farman could have put a deck chair out of times in the second half. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like I said, there's stats there. They had six shots in total. None of them were on target. We had 23 shots on, in total, 12 of which was on target. I mean, that's back to the stats we've seen for most of the seasons in terms of the shots we've been getting off. And uh, corners dominated, obviously, 8-2 as well. Yeah. Um, the, the, the only thing Crawley were top of was uh, fouls. Yeah, well, well possession as well, slightly. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it means nothing really. Isn't it? When you're away from home, you no. expect to be behind in the possession. But. Yeah. It's like uh, regarding possession stats, uh, Tottenham beat Man City over the weekend. And I, I think one reporter said to Jose Mourinho, Manchester City had 80% of the ball and instantly he just went, they can take the ball home, we've got the three points. <laughs> it's it's, it's right. right, you yeah. know. Yeah, exactly that. So yeah, I mean, let's get through some of the talking points because I asked them to be Justin Furnock group some for people what, what they wanted us to talk about, and that's probably the busiest post we've done in terms of asking that, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, much quite a few, talk about, which is yeah. which is good because people are so happy, aren't they, in terms of the way we're playing? And yeah, you, you, you can't really fault that. It's fantastic. Um, first one up here, I'm, as usual, I put my uh, my amusing title for these. So it's Gordon Bennett. I mean, what a debut that was from Reese Bennett, wasn't it? Fantastic to see how, how well he just slotted into that team yeah, he'd been well, playing all season, cl- didn't he? Cl- clean sheet, a goal, and then he got in the League 2 and EFL teams of the week. So. He got in the uh, Football League paper one as well, Football I think, Football League paper one as well, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the D3, D4 one. They usually put yeah, on yeah, a couple of days yeah. later, don't they? So, I mean, it, the way he slotted in is just what impressed me. You look like, it looked like his, him and Hayden, his partnership, had been that, like that all season, didn't they? And yeah, yeah. You could argue Rod McDonald's a little bit unlucky to pick up a groin injury when he has, because he, uh, he was looking well, quite good with Hayden, wasn't he? Yeah, McDonald's had, you know, he'd, he'd settled down and looked uh, a lot more comfortable. And uh, I think his little groin tweak probably couldn't have come at a worse time for him because you you couldn't drop Bennett for Tuesday after Saturday. I mean, the way he kept Madison quite well, I mean, we all know how good Madison can be. Yeah. He just harries defenders, doesn't he? And he... Bennett never looked flustered, did he? He always looked in control and composed. And I mean, I can't see him being dropped for Tuesday night, can you? I mean, he's going to no, he's going to no. play that, isn't he? And, he? and he's kept himself in good shape as well by the looks of things, as well, which is a real testament to how good he is. And yeah, all of a sudden, and look- well, I think I think he'd actually be tra- training with us for a week or so, hadn't he? And yeah, he'd uh, he'd actually been at Northampton for two or three weeks prior yeah. to that. Bad luck, Keith. You missed out on one there. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, you're already when you look at centre back now, we look quite well stacked in that position, don't we? Because Hunt showed that he can come into the team and play well as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean we've got Hayden and Bennett are probably the immediate first choice. McDonald ready to step in. We've got Hunt, and then obviously we've got our young lads as well. So yeah. I mean, with, for me with Hunt, I feel a bit, a bit, I feel a bit. It's not sad for him is probably the wrong word, but I've got some sympathy for him because he probably would have thought. McDonald being out with an injury, I'm going to be able to step in for a game. Here. Yeah, yeah. And Bennett's come straight in. It's a bit unlucky there, but he still is a young lad. And I think one thing you got to consider is the fact that we know, both me and you know, don't we, that there's a few clubs watching Aaron Hayden right now. And yeah. The way he's playing, it's only a matter of time before one of them potentially makes an offer for him. Now, yeah. Hopefully that yeah. won't be in January and hopefully we'll keep holding for the rest of the season at the very least. But Hunt's got to be patient because he's going to get his chance at some point. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I, I would like to think if maybe there was no bid occurred in January, we could maybe loan Hunt out for the rest of the season. Yeah. To get Possibly. some football into him, maybe to National League. Because we're, that's assuming Bennett stays in January, of course. But if if we're playing this sort of football and right at the top of the table, who, who'd want to knock back a possible promotion on the CV? True, true. And then are they... With Hunt as well, you've got to hope he isn't sitting down on the, on the bench with restless legs and he really does, you know, he's comfortable with waiting for his chance. That's yeah, what yeah. Hope, isn't it? Okay, let's, let's go on the next one. Tantastic. Um, I think we've covered this a couple of times recently, but I think it's worth mentioning again, how good was George Tanner at the weekend and how much has he settled into that role? Because at the start of the season, I think both me and you were like, oh, he's looking a bit shaky. Should Joe Riley maybe get a run out right back? But fair play. I mean, he did brilliantly to set up Coyote's goal didn't he, with that little turn, just a little shimmy on, left to right, and he was past the two defenders, wasn't he? And 
even defensively, he just looks so sound now, doesn't he? He, he looks a real, real fight. It was it was like watching vintage Cafu playing, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> it was yeah. Bomb, bombing down the right and beating players and putting his ball in and yeah. no, he was he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he was voted man of the match on the uh, official Carlisle Twitter, and he's basically starting to show us now the player that certainly I knew he could be when we signed him. I mean. I like like I said in the summer. I knew several weeks before he was announced he was coming, and there was some pretty good clubs were after him in the summer, and he opted to come here knowing he would get football, and it's proven a wise decision for the young lad who was it was actually his birthday last week. So happy birthday, George! Only twenty one, isn't he? As well, yeah, only twenty one. It's another sign of how young our squad is right now. It's fantastic to see how yeah, well they're yeah. doing. I mean, you take Bennett, Farman and... Um, Alessandra. Alessandra, and even Toure out of the team. You've got a hell of a young team, haven't you? Yeah, You're looking at yeah. under 24 for most of them. It's yeah. Really, really good. Real positive. But I genuinely think, similar to Hayden, we might struggle to keep hold of Tanner long term because he, he clearly got ability above this level, hasn't he? Yeah, you can you can tell he's, he's had the ground and at the Man United Academy, can't you? Thankfully, he's on a two-year deal, isn't he? So he, uh, he yeah. hopefully will still be here next season when we're playing in League One at this rate. Um, OK, next up, JJ finds his mojo. Um, we both sort of said, didn't we, last week, talking about Coyote. Hopefully that goal for Ireland under-21s will give him a little bit of a boost and pick his confidence up a bit. And it really did, didn't it, on Saturday? I thought he was excellent. Another one who had a really good performance. I think he got into one of the uh, teams of the week from the Football League one, possibly, was it? Um you retweeted that one this early today, yeah yeah playing back down the middle again with Tory back in the team and he just he, he never got phased did he by two pretty rough centre-backs isn't he I mean the referee he, he did turn a blind eye a couple of times didn't he to some pretty naughty things from their centre-back who was marking him particularly that stamp that was a I mean that, that that's a red card in either the way yeah, and the yeah, ref's looking yeah. right at it which is just bizarre but he, he just looked he, t- he took his goal confidently he ran the line really well. I genuinely think he's getting back to the sort of play we saw at the start of the season and during his first loan spell. Yeah, yeah. No, he was excellent on Saturday and uh, he's obviously full of confidence after his uh, international break and luckily we don't have another of them till late March now, so yeah. no worries about him going away for a couple of weeks. Exactly, exactly that. And I think with him and Toure back in the team now, do you think that's our strongest possible eleven that we played on Saturday? With with who's fit, obviously taking into account Dickinson isn't fit long term. That's got to be our strongest eleven, hasn't it? You could probably have an argument for Patrick over Toure. They're very similar. Uh, maybe Furman in the middle for Riley, but yeah, probably yeah, just about. I would say yeah. Yeah, I think they're the only two maybe you'd have slight doubts. I mean, your defence is picking itself at the moment and yeah. Bennett obviously slotted in and looks at it. A slight upgrade on McDonald and that's no slight on McDonald at all, is it? No. Um, no. So yeah, I, th- I think we're in a good position right now with a few players to come back as well to fitness. It's... So that, that's that's the one thing that, that I'm excited about is when you look at the 11 we had on the pitch and then you look at the subs bench and then you think of the players who were missing as well, you know what I mean? We've got the likes of Furman and Dickinson who aren't even making the bench on Saturday. You've got Patrick on it. You've got Gavin Riley. You know, there's you've got Max Hunt was sat there. That'll probably be McDonald this time around. That's a good solid with options bench and yeah. and behind that you've got a couple of good youngsters in Dick Dixon and uh, Charters, yeah, ready yeah. to step in and for yeah. the place on the bench shot. And you know and that, they can come in and play. With with uh, the upgrade to five subs that we discussed last time as well, if our front three isn't firing by the hour, we can literally change the entire front three and have three fresh, full of running legs. We still could, have a couple in spare to use yeah, if we need. Which could tip games in our tight games in our balance later in the season. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Unsung heroes. I think this is one that someone raised in the B Justin Fernald group. I apologise if I haven't put your name down here I'd normally like to mention them but um, you know while players like Toure, Coyote and Mersh are grabbing the headlines do some of the unsung heroes in the squad deserve a bit more credit I mean the likes of Anderton even Alessandro Riley Farman all playing really well at the moment aren't they yeah uh, you had pushed to find a bad performance uh, 
certainly on Saturday. Uh, there's been a couple of games where Riley maybe hasn't been completely on the ball, but you know he's he's doing nothing wrong. Same with Anderton. You know, I mean, in time, Armour will probably challenge Anderton in time. But no, at the moment that um, Farman in goal is, you know, yeah, like I said, he had the deck chair out on Saturday, but you know, he's he's doing nothing wrong, is he? And, and, and his and his kicking makes a huge difference. The, the more I watch this, the more I'm impressed I am with that because even when a ball comes into him in a really awkward position where he's, you know, got a player like Madison bearing down on him, he gets such distance and he just gets his foot right behind, him, isn't it? It's really impressive, actually. Yeah, and it's something we've not had for a few years because Adam Collins' kicking was terrible. You know, yeah. I mean, it went great, downhill, didn't it? Towards great, the end, great, great shot stopper, but his his distribution was never brilliant. And Gillespie and he, was never that strong either, was he? No, really? no. no. I mean, no. Gillespie was a little bit younger, to be fair, but you know, it's uh, no, it's it's no all. You know, the the whole squads. You can tell there's something about it at the moment, and. The ones that maybe aren't getting the headlines probably do deserve a few more, but when when we've got performances like like the Coyote on Saturday and Bennett and Tanner, you know, just long may it continue, basically. Yeah. Well, I think some of those players are just going to have to accept that them's the vagaries and, you know, the players who score the goals are going to get the headlines, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so next up, I've titled this, this is not what they said, this is what I've said, the new 4P, so... Martin Howarth and Greg Baldwin both brought this up on the beach just in Fiona Creep. And they've asked, does Patrick look best suited to come on as a sub later in games when teams are tired? Obviously, the red card is evidence of that. So is he the new Jeff Hobby? Is he the new super sub? Or do you think he... I mean, obviously, he'll want to be playing games. Won't he? he won't want to be known as a player who just comes on as a sub. But is that at the present time where he's most effective for us? Well, it's we know his hamstrings... I made a glass by the sounds of it. Probably, probably a bit harsh, that, but yeah. The, yeah but a fast player is always going to pick up the audience. Yeah, engine, yeah. Hasn't he? But, like I've just said, you know, with, uh, if we haven't scored after 60 minutes, we can we can basically interchange our front players. And there'll probably be periods at the moment, two days starting. In a month's time, it'll maybe be Patrick starting for two or three with two days coming off, and it's just good to have these options, isn't it? I, I, I think I think it's uh, a bit too soon to class him as super sub because, like you say, he'll, he'll want to play himself, and he'll no doubt get his chance when uh, injuries come and players get rested, etc. But no, he's better than a super sub for me. Yeah, well, I, I tend to agree with that. Actually, I think I think at the moment he's in a position where he can do that, but I think he's got enough ability, and he's shown enough when he has started games. He had that couple of games recently where he's been a bit, a little bit ropey, but I think that was more him getting back up to match sharpness, having been out for a little while. And there's also the elephant in the room of could we see a situation where Coyote goes back in January? Oh, it's a good question. That I mean, do we, <laughs> do we put ourselves in a position where we try and? I mean, would Rotherham want to let him go permanently? I'd, I'd imagine not the way he's playing. He's, I, he looks a good g- prospect. G- given he's went into the under-21s, I don't think they'd let him go. Just they maybe maybe want to test him at League One level. I mean, with the argument... What I'd say is the difference here is, when Jerry Yates came in, I never felt he was 100% happy at Burnham Park. I always felt he wanted to be somewhere else and challenging up the other end of the table or... He never quite felt like he settled, did he? Yeah. With Coyote, he looks really happy. He genuinely looks yeah. like he really loves playing for the club and he really feels at home. And I think Beach has done a real good, good job, sorry, looking after him, hasn't he? And yeah, making him yeah. feel like this is where he's going to be happy. So I think Rotherham, yeah, may want to pull him back, but I imagine Rotherham will also ask the player, are you happy at Brunnen Park right now? And they'll go, I mean, you think of Yates. Yates went back to go to Swindon, didn't he? Yeah. Where... They were, well, sorry, they went back to Rotherham and he stayed there, I think, the rest of the season. But he went to Swindon the season after, in our level, but a team that's going to be challenging for promotion. Well, we're challenging for promotion right now. What would they rather do? Take him out of a team that's doing well, where he's playing every week, challenging for promotion, trying to win a title, potentially, or go to a team maybe middling in League One. You know, they're sort of maybe bumbling about trying to get towards the playoffs or battling against relegation. I'm sure that Ravi was a team that's doing well. And then next season, potentially, if we went up, you say, well, you're in League One level now, let's go back to Brunton Park again. Yeah, yeah, That's true. a possibility. You, you never know these things. There's always a lot that he's taken into account. Like I said, I'm, I'm never 100% convinced that Yates was that happy. Mm. Carlisle. 
I think he would rather have gone back to Rotherham and challenged for a place there. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, though. It's, it's a fair point to raise. I mean, we've had that worry in previous years, but I'm not sure it's quite as much of a worry this time. Who, um, well, who's to say Rotherham don't want to use him? Possibly, but championship level, is he going to get games as much? Probably not. He mm. might turn and say, I don't really don't want to go back. I want to be playing week in, week out. Yeah. He's only 20, isn't he? I think you forget, he is only 20. Yeah. <laughs> he's still a young lad. You, because yeah. he's so big and he's, he's played so well, you almost forget, you almost think he's in his mid-20s, don't you? He's, it's a credit to him. Um, okay, and the last point um, here, Dan, and I think this is a really good one, actually. It's one that I've seen raised on other football podcasts as well, but I think it's well worth talking about for us from particular player viewpoints, is silence is golden. So this was a question asked on the Be Just and Fear Not group by Eddie Williams. Thank you, Eddie, for asking this. Is the lack of fans in the ground, in grounds, actually help benefiting our team? I mean, the likes of Mellish and Riley have been allowed to develop and flourish without getting stick for mistakes or maybe poor performances. I mean, Paul Slee also asked what kind of crowds you think we'll be getting if fans were allowed in right now. We'll cover that one in a minute, but it's a really good question, this one, isn't it, Dan? I mean... In the past, players like Mellish and maybe even like Riley would have possibly crumbled under, you know, the paddock and not just paddock. The, the historical wit of the paddock. <laughs> yeah, gi- giving them a bit of jip and a bit of stick, yeah, and yeah. you know, is it helping them maybe develop into new positions and playing well, not having fans on their backs? Possibly, but I would also think the way we go at teams from the off, I don't think there'd be much time for it to develop. Possibly not, no. Maybe in those early games, maybe with the way yeah. Mellish was still struggling a bit, he might have got a little bit of stick and, and like that Scunthorpe away game. Those early games, it was all changed for everyone, full yeah. stop, wasn't it? You know, yes. Yeah. It was It was a different different scenario, you know, the empty grounds. And then we had the game with just a thousand in. And yeah, it, it, it probably, I know it was, uh, I think it was on TalkSport last week. They mentioned about this, and they were asking a manager about going away. I can't remember who it was, and he basically said he loved playing away at the moment because there's not thirty, forty thousand home fans wanting you to lose, hmm. and you can understand that, you know. And yeah, it's yes, yes and no. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine those players would much rather. I mean, I'm sure John Mesh would have much rather had like. Eight or nine thousand fans in for that Carlisle Barrow game when he scored his first goal. Oh yeah, cheering definitely. Him on. Definitely. You imagine the roar because everyone wants him to do well. No one wants John Mellis to do bad. Everyone was wanting him to do well. He just wasn't doing it at that, until yeah, that point. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you know, I think on Mellish, I think he actually had a really good game again on Saturday. Even though he never really looked like he was going to score a goal in the game, he, he, he probably just, played a more true midfielder's role on Saturday, didn't he? He just looks like a midfielder now. There's there's, there's, there's no doubts about it, really, is there? At the end of the day, he just, he just that looks like his role now. Um, I mean, I, I, I put it this way: there's no regrets from Chris Beach, is there, about moving him to that position now? He, he, he's pretty happy with that. So, yeah, in terms of the question of you know, are we going to get what crowds will we get even if fans are allowed back right now? It's it's a hard one to judge, isn't it? Because I mean, games would have gone differently with fans in there. But I think if you look at that that Barrow game, let's be honest, it probably would have been about a seven or eight nine thousand crowd, wouldn't it? I don't think. Because yeah, fans would yeah. have been quite excited. Call it a Cumbrian derby, call it whatever you want. Um, the form we picked up on the back of that and the way we've been playing, I generally think you probably would have been looking at crowds about six, 7,000 right now. I think I'm fans go- would have been excited. I'm, I'm probably going to say more five and a half, six. Okay. You've also got to remember we've played teams who never bring many fans here. So the likes of yeah. the Newports and your Cheltenhams, you know, they're. They, they only bring what a hundred, hundred and fifty max usually. Hmm. But no, that that certainly think six thousand on a couple of the uh, Saturday games possible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's pretty much it for the Crawley game, isn't it, Dan? I can't think of anything else to talk about from it. Can you? Just just an all round good performance from the team. Yeah, just a proper nine out of ten performance, wasn't it? And uh, just as we keep saying, a shame we didn't hit four or five. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean. You, you look at it now, we're already on 23 points at this stage. You know, the way it's going. Mathematically saved by Christmas, aren't we? So, nothing to grumble about there. <laughs> that is so Carlisle United, that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. Um, all right then, Dan, uh, that, that's enough for the, uh, the first half. Well, uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be back to talk about the midweek game at Tramway. It's going to be a tough one, that I think, so should be an interesting one to talk about. Back in just a short while. 
welcome back everyone and we're now into part two where we're going to be previewing our midweek trip down the M6 and through the Mersey Tunnel to Wirral to face Tranmere Rovers. Uh, I think Dan, it's one of these games I always look forward to. I always enjoy Tranmere as an away game and that's not just because I live quite close here. I mean, actually, when I was looking back at this, <laughs> we haven't played them that much in the last six or seven years, have we? Because of, we've all been in different divisions, really. They spent three years in the conference, so it's a... Uh, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? But it's always one that our fans seem to, seem to look forward to, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's you know it's only a couple of hours away, a couple of good pubs by the ground. We always take a decent following, and we, we've had uh, some topsy turvy results there in my time. But uh, no, it's just one of those games that people seem to look forward to. Yeah, it's one of those ones. I think you know, fans have been allowed in the form we're in, you know. I mean, you know, a convoy of fans going down the M6, you know, keeping two chevrons up, yeah, pick, 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 all the pick. way down. People would have been finishing work half an hour early to get off for it, wouldn't they? You know? Oh, absolutely. It, 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 it's a real shame, isn't it? I mean, especially the, the form they've picked up as well in the last weekend. We'll get on to that in a minute. But um, let's get on to our uh, interesting facts and all that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> some, some belters here, isn't there? Uh, Dan, oh, yeah. I, I shared one with you. I, I absolutely love it. So anyway, let's start up. Tranmere Rovers, so the club were formed in 1884 when Lindhurst Wanderers and Belmont Cricket Club came together to set up Belmont FC. A year later, they changed their name to Tranmere Rovers. They originally played at Steeles Field and then Ravenshaw Field, which was renamed to Prenton Park. But that wasn't the Prenton Park they play in today. Uh, they didn't move into their new ground until, uh, or the current ground even, until 1912, but took the name with them. I think it literally was moving down the street. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've had a lot. I've tried to work out where the original ground was, and I think it's where some of the housing is, you know, next to the Prenton Park pub. Yes, so I think yeah, it's basically yeah. that housing there was built and the ground was moved to where it is yeah, right yeah. now. I think they chose Prenton because it was a little bit snobby, I think, because Prent- it actually was in Tranmere, the original ground, but Prenton's a bit of a posher area of Wirral. So uh, there you go. There's um, posh parts of the Wirral. Oh, believe me, there are some posh parts <laughs> of the Wirral. There's some of the lives down here. That, 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 that's one just for the Tranmere Rovers fans amongst my friends who are listening right now. We, we'll be... Uh, not impressed by me saying that, but there you go. Yeah. Um, so they joined the Football League in 1921, seven years before United. In the early years, their big rivals were New Brighton. Obviously, it's one of those grounds and it would have been loved, great to go there because I think they played at the Tower Ground. They used to have a big tower in New Brighton, like the one in Blackpool. Yeah, yeah. Came down in the 1950s or something. Yeah, it's, it, it, I think we played them, actually. One of the first teams we actually played in the Football League was, <laughs> was Tranmere Rovers, funny enough. So their, their nickname is the Super Whites. Although through the year, throughout the years... They've flitted between blue with white trim and white with blue trim shirts, with white appearing to be the colour they currently settle on. One of these clubs, aren't they? There was a fairly settled kit, but they sort of flitted between the two choices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say most fans would say they're white, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. I think most fans would recognise that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, one of their most successful spells was in the 1990s, where they, were, they made several trips to Wembley, inspired by the signing of John Aldridge from Real Sociedad for a quarter of a million pounds. Aldridge is still the club's second top scorer to this day with 170 goals. It's one of those things, you always think of John Aldridge, you think of him for Liverpool or you think of him for Tranmere, don't you? And I think we all remember him for that FA Cup game, don't we? Fantastic. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. He, he gets sent off for abusing the linesman, didn't he? Basically? Yeah, it was just... It, it player was, manager. <laughs> it, was, it was called off on the Saturday and it, due to the weather and it was replayed and it was called night and... It was just everything that went right for us that night did. And the sight of John Aldridge trudging off after the red card was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. He did a pretty good job as player manager there, though, didn't he? I think he kept them fairly stabilising. Was it yeah, in the yeah. championship now? And I mean, they went they went to Wembley in the um, League Cup final, didn't they? I think they would be like, was it Leicester that beat them in that final? Yeah. Was it Tottenham? One of the two, I can't remember now. But, but um, funny enough, Clint Hill was playing for Tramier back then as well, wasn't he? He was one of his first clubs. Um so successive relegations in 2013-14 and 2014-15 saw Rovers relegated to the conference, or the National League as it is now, after 94 years in the Football League. It took them three seasons to return, thanks to a playoff final win over our old friends Boreham Wood in May 2018. I think we were all cheering on Tranmere that day. Yeah. Um, they then managed what United did and got promoted straight up to League One at the end of the first attempt. But they were relegated again last season when the campaign ended early due to COVID nineteen. I think they were pretty on. I mean, they were probably the most hard done by side, weren't they? In terms of relegation, I think it was zero point zero six points they were relegated by at the end of the season, which is you know, <laughs> pr- pretty bad luck for them, isn't it? Yeah. 
Mm. I mean, there was a, they made a lot of noise when they got relegated. And, you know, there was a little bit of sympathy, but the way they kept going on, I think it turned quite a few opposing fans off them. Yeah. You know, it was, there's there's always going to be the occasional loser in, you know, in a specific set of circumstances which was sort of unheard of in the modern game. And mm-hmm. the, it's sorry, sorry, tried me. It just happened to be you this time. <laughs> yeah, it's just rotten luck, isn't it? As much yeah, as anything. Yeah. I, I, I do, I do feel sorry for my. I genuinely do, but just just the way he went, really. Yeah. Um, so the club was taken over by former FA man and Tramir player Mark Palios and his wife a few years ago, and I've, I think it's fair to say they've done a pretty good job to turn them into a real sort of community club and establish them because they they were in quite a bit of bother, I think, when they took over, weren't they? And obviously they went down to the National League, but they've not really had any sort of lasting long-term problems as a result of that and I genuinely think because I live down here and I see a lot more of it than you would Dan or any other car fans but I genuinely think Kyle United could could do pretty well by taking a look at some of the stuff Tramway are actually doing particularly yeah, in the community Yeah I was going to say the, the community stuff uh, I've seen a couple of bits on Twitter before and they seem to have very strong links with the community and also they have quite an active trust from what I've read I think yeah, and their supporters club as well is very active, and the the way they they look to maximise what they can get out of supporters on a match day as well is really impressive. They've set up like marquees in the car park and things like that, and having like mini beer festivals almost. And and I know you sort of, you're you're probably laughing at a bit there, Dan, remembering the uh, some of the things that Carl United has tried to do in terms of that. And uh, was it was it the last game of the season we both went to, and it was just a, literally a a small gazebo <laughs> was the, was the fan zone. <laughs> It was just like a table and a chair with a gazebo. Oh, it, 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 it looked like someone crazy had just yeah, turned up, you know, and turned up, and pl- <laughs> pl- plugged themselves down for a pint. You know, yeah, was, it, you know it's one of those ones. This, I, I, I think as a club, we do a lot of good stuff in the community. I, I've got no doubt about that. But I think sometimes when we look at some of the things in terms of linking with supporters, the, the club could do, you know, could do well to take a look at what Matt Tramier are doing. I genuinely think. Um, I mean, they've got things like near the ground, like the work the community do, like big murals and stuff, haven't they? On that, yeah, like, with yeah, the club logo yeah. and stuff. And so, yeah, there's, there's a video that me and you really want to talk about, Dan, isn't it? It's it's a mural that's been done near Prenton Park, and it shows Prenton Park, and it shows the tramway, two young tramway fans, like standing next to each other, a boy and a girl, and one of them is handing over something. That looks like an onion to the other, doesn't it? <laughs> it's the most, yeah. it's the most apparently it's a seashell. Someone was telling me that that's what it is. It's because it's supposed to be like they're at the shore at Tramir, but it's not actually that close to the seashore. Tramir over his ground, to be fair. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's just one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. But it's great, though. I, I, mean, you, I mean, I always think I look and think the club owned that house next to Brunton Park, don't they? The one that's um, yeah with the, the, with fi- the PlayStation with next, the famous fixture board on with the fixture board on it. Why not put a big mural up there or something? Like some legends of the club. Get a local artist to do it. And, you know, give them some funding towards doing it. And, it, you know, people will get the photos taken. Oh, maybe they don't want people standing around there because cars come in all the time. I don't know. But, um, yeah. you know, fans could get their photos taken in front of it. It would be a real sort of attraction. When it coming in, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's Brunton Park. Whereas at the moment, you drive right by and you don't really... I mean, how many people are going to see that fixture bar driving by? I'm not really convinced, really. You know, I suppose a, a homage to Paul Proudlock along the wall or something. Hey, yeah. that that would be brilliant. Yeah, bit of Paul Proudlock, Keithy Walden, stuff like that. Lovely yeah. stuff. Um, okay, well, let's get back onto the interesting facts because, like I said, there's a few here today. Um, Tranmere Rovers are one of ten different English clubs to have won the Welsh Cup uh, back in the days when the Welsh, cl- well, English clubs were still invited to take part. I think it stopped in '92. I think when the Welsh League was set up. Yeah, I think it was then, wasn't it? Um, uh, they beat Chester City, funny enough, <laughs> in the 1935 final at Chester's Sealand Road ground. Um, who do you reckon's the most successful English club in the uh, Welsh Cup then, Dan? Uh, someone like Shrewsbury or one of the Bristols, I guess. Bang on, Shrewsbury Town. They were the best, yeah. best performers. Um, other winners of the Welsh Club, uh, Chester City, who won it three times. Wellington Town, who don't exist anymore. I think they basically became Telford United later yeah. on. They've won it three times. Oswestry United. Oswestry always sounds like it should be Welsh, doesn't it? 
But it's on the it's, inside of the board. It's, it's a weird. very, very close. And uh, I know a lad who used to play for them back about 20 years ago. Well, my, well, my mate Dale, who's a Shrewsbury fan, he used, when we used to crack back in the day, he was, we used to talk about the Cumberland Cup and the Shropshire Cup. And he used to talk about Oswestry Town or Oswestry United. So uh, I, I have a little bit of an understanding of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Other than that, you've got Crew Alexandra won it twice. Hereford United won it once. Oswestry White Stars won it once. Tramway obviously won it once. Bristol City and South Liverpool have all won it once as well. I can't try to think There's a few other clubs that have actually played in the final but not won it. So Whitchurch, Northwich, Northwich Victoria, Kidderminster Harriers, Stourbridge and Hednesford Town have also been in the final English clubs. Bit of a trivia for you there for, yeah. for the pod today. Um, this is my favourite though. This is the, the it's best. It's good, this one. This is the belting one. So Tramway Rose, you've talked about the fact they've been successful in the 1990s, but they've in terms of winning league titles, um, <laughs> this, this is incredible, isn't it? So, the last time Tramway Rovers won a league title of any description, Adolf Hitler was Time Magazine's Man of the Year. 1938 was the last time Tramway Rovers won a league title, which was the third division north in 1937-38. The only time they've won a league title. If only they knew what was to become a year later. <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. Um, so yeah, that I found that on a, a brilliant blog. Um, I'll, I'll post the link later. I'll send you the link, Dan. There's some incredible stats up there. Very sarcastic in some of his stats about his own club. This fellow. Yeah, yeah. Um, fair play to him. Um, celebrity fans said, this is good because we've got a few for this one, haven't we? Yeah. It's nice to actually get some. So does any League Two club have a cooler celebrity fan than the legendary indie group Half Man, Half Biscuit? They can't be any better than that, can they? Really? Fantastic group. Yeah. With respect to him, if he might be listening, Lee Brennan, it sort of a, you know, kicks a nine one one into a bucket, really, isn't it? it is, yeah, yeah. Much better, to be fair. And did did you know that half man half biscuit refused to gig on a Saturday because it was football day? Yeah, well, not even they're a weird band, aren't they? In the sense that they only do about three or four gigs a year, basically to cut so they can afford to live. Essentially, they basically like they they don't want to earn hundreds and thousands. It's like I'm comfortable. I earn enough from doing these gigs. That'll do for me. Um, but they were once asked to perform. I think it was on the Tube, was it the Channel Four program? That's one. Yes, for the yeah, yeah, yeah. One for the teenagers there. Um, so that's a Friday night. It was like an alternative music program on Channel Four, and they, they wanted him to, them to play. It was when they were starting to become quite a cult and big band, um, and they refused because Tramway Rovers, obviously, back in the day, used to play on Friday nights quite yeah, a lot. Didn't played they? a lot of Friday night home games, so they didn't clash with Liverpool or Everton. Um, and they refuse, and it, like even the people on the tube, like, look, we'll, we'll, we'll have a helicopter ready to, to pick you up after, the, you know, and take you to the game, or take you back after the number which way round it was. With like, nope, we're not missing the game. It's fine. <laughs> so they refuse to perform it for that reason. Brilliant. So other celeb fans, and there's some belters here as well, isn't there? The legendary yeah, sports this, this presenter. Is a good list. Legendary sports presenter Ray Stubbs. Uh, everyone probably remember him from Football Focus back in the day and Final Score. Um, Patricia Routledge, aka Hyacinth Bucket, from Keeping Up Appearances. Uh, and of course, Premier League referee Mike D. You'll remember from his celebrations when they uh, beat Forest Green in the playoffs uh, the other season. It's a um, solid list, that isn't it? And there's a few left off that as well. I think is it Glenda Jackson, the actress? Yeah, yeah. Always on there too. So, actress uh, come politician, wasn't yeah, she? Indeed, indeed, you're right there. Correct. Um, so head to heads, um, very balanced. This isn't it? Yeah, very. 34 wins for us, 34 wins for Tramier, and 19 draws. Uh, in the league, we're slightly ahead. Um, they probably had a little bit more success in the FA Cup than us, but it, it's pretty much a dead heat, isn't it? it, it it's incredible. I mean, last time out we played them was was not a good day. The office was it? We lost three 0 at Tranmere a couple of years ago when they were on their way to promotion, and we were yeah, yeah. slipping down the table under Stephen Presley. Sadly, um, and they beat us twice that season as well. They, they they really did perform well after coming up from the National League. Um, so let's talk about Tranmere Rovers this season. So currently. They find themselves in 13th place on 18 points with a record. They've played 13, won 5, drawn 3, lost 5, 4, uh, 16 goals against 5, and goal difference of plus 1. Um, they are pretty... know, whoa, whoa, your maths is coming into play here. Eh? How Go can on. 16 and 5 equal plus 1? Sorry, against 15. Yeah. <laughs> I've typo in the uh, running yeah, order. Thank yeah. you there, Dan, for making me look a bit daft. <laughs> I do that myself, actually, don't I, really? We'll, we'll uh, soon be launching Maths with Lee Rooney as an alternate <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that, that's on the specials, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing, this, because I got, I genuinely, you're not going to believe it, I did get A in GCSE Maths, <laughs> and my G, 
GCSE maths teacher was my form teacher in A-level and I didn't take maths at A-level and he was really disappointed with me for not taking it. Uh, there's, there's, probably should have done now. Would have probably been a bit better in now, wouldn't I? Um, okay, so after a poor start to the season there, their form has picked up recently and in the form table of the last six games, they are third with four wins and two defeats. I mean, they, they had a real wretched start under Mike Jackson, didn't they? The old man yeah, at the start yeah. of the season. They really, really struggled. Um, they put in a performance that even eclipsed United at the weekend as they hammered Grimsby Town 5-0 at Prenton Park. They were, yeah, I think they were 4-0 up in about 30-odd minutes, weren't they? 34 minutes, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, they, I think the, the fifth didn't come for the 85th, so they probably just eased off second half and took yeah. it easy knowing they had a game against us on Tuesday night to follow up. So, yeah. Uh, Manager, so this one comes in fresh, doesn't it? So it's a this is a real sort of um, narrative to the game, isn't it? Um, yeah, Saturday Mast- night's headline of the League Two sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's a Master versus Apprentice on Tuesday night. Uh, so Keith Hill is the new Tranmere manager. So Beach's former boss, when he was a Rochdale as assistant manager, was appointed as Tranmere manager after Rovers' impressive weekend win. He will be assisted by Ian Dawes and Andy Parkinson, who have been in caretaker charge of the last three games and oversaw three straight wins. Um, it's interesting. I've, I've, I've looked at the tweet that Tranmere Rovers put out to announce this, and it was a hell of a bad reaction from the Tranmere fans. And genuinely, if, if he'd been appointed Carlisle manager when, let's say, he was, wasn't Bolton manager at that time, he was appointed Carlisle manager when Presley left, I would have been delighted, would you? More, I think most, Carl, most fans would be, yeah. Uh... Yeah, it was a very mixed bag when it was announced. Uh, some of the tweets, I, I, I don't know quite who they were expecting because I'll tell you some, uh, Paul Ince was low in the betting. I'd rather have Keith Hill than Paul Ince. Well, I saw some people suggesting the Cowley brothers, which, which I was like, no, come on, give your heads, give your heads a shake. They're going for a championship club next. Maybe they, they'll, they'll get the top half league one. At, at worst, yeah. Yeah. easily, easily. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a real strange one, the reaction. I, 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 like I said, I, I agree with you. I don't know what on earth they were expecting in terms of the replacement. He's maybe glad that there's no crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think I mean, he's only till the end of the season. Well, it's very similar in terms of Presley, really, wasn't it? And, yeah. You know, obviously, we gave Presley an extended deal, and you know, maybe we regret that now. But you know, if he doesn't work out, I mean, they've not had a great start to the season, and he's keeping on the two assistants as well, which you know would hope would because obviously he can't have Beaches as assistant now because Beaches no, a main no. man, isn't he? So, so yeah, I genuinely think it's a good appointment for them, and I'm a bit, little bit. I think there's a little bit of needle between Bolton and Tranmere for some weird reason. I don't know why there's a, yeah. a rivalry there. I don't know if that goes back to the days of when Bolton were in, you know, what was the second division, and so were Tranmere in the nineties, possibly. But bit of an odd one that. Um, yeah. One thing you'd say is they've clearly got a, a squad with plenty of quality now, haven't they, Dan? I mean, you look. Yeah, I, mean, I, mem- I remember in uh, the season preview we mentioned some of the names. You know, you've got Peter Clark, Jay Speeding, James Vaughan. You know, they're, they're all players who know what it's about. Yeah, obviously they've kept solid, Ollie, Bank- Ollie Banks as well. He's a good player this level. Yeah, so- solid players for League Two. And- yeah, Lee- Liam Feeney, and I think that is it Manny Monte who um, looked really good when we played against them a couple of years ago. Actually, to be fair, yeah. Uh, and of course, they've added another recent signing, similar to the way we've got Reese Bennett. Um, they've picked up Danny Lloyd, who was let go by Peterborough at the end of last season. Um, a bit surprising that no one picked him up sooner, really, because he's a player who's shown he can do it at League One level with Peterborough. And, you know, he can play either wing, play down the middle. He's a tricky little player. I think he's a really good signing for Tremor, actually. I think he's a player who could really help kick them on for the rest of the season. Definitely. Uh, you, you know, they'll be hoping a bit of bounce factor with Hill and... Uh... No, that's that's definitely a good similar to Bennett for us, really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the only ex United player in their squad is defender Mark Ellis. Someone I think both you and me agree that was a little bit underused by Curl, wasn't he? I think he he's shown that he can play a bit higher level. Obviously, he played well for Tranmere last season in League One by all accounts. So maybe a little bit hard done by. He was one of the ones. Yeah, I think I think most Carlisle fans realise he, he was maybe treated a bit harshly and. Well, he, I mean, he was given a two and a half year deal when we signed him, which was, I think, the longest deal that Curl gave anyone. Yeah. And then proceeded to, I think, drop him about two months later. Yeah, he, he almost seemed to be a bit of a scapegoat, for, which was undeserved, wasn't it? Yeah, very odd one, that one. Um, the only other United link I can see in the squad is they've got um, Otis Khan. And I think he's one we were linked with a couple of years ago, wasn't he, when he was at Yeovil? I think we were quite keen on yeah. him. Yeah. Never quite worked out that one. He's one, he's another player again, he's got. He's got ability, but maybe just needs to find a club he's going to settle on, really, doesn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, because he never really quite did it in Mansfield last season. No, no. no. Um, okay, United team news. Uh, Rod McDonald, obviously he missed the weekend trip to Crawley with groin injury, picked up in training, but seemed done, doesn't it? The beach suggested that he might be available for this one, possibly. Yeah, I think it's one of those where he's, he's had a niggle and six or seven hours on a bus probably isn't the best the best preparation recovery for it. So yeah. Make, so, makes sense for him to miss that. Yeah. We're, we're, we'd be harsh on Hunt if he was dropped at the end for McDonald. But, you know, McDonald is more senior, so you'd, you'd think yeah, it's more like yeah. he'll, he'll feature on the bench if he is available. Um, so Furman was rested for the trip to Crawley, wasn't he? Similar one. We, with all that travelling, you don't really want him sat on a we, bus we again. Did, we, did, we did wonder if this was possible because, you know, he's, he's flown to South Africa, then he's flown... He's had a game there. He's flown to Sao Tome and Princep, probably back to South Africa. Then he's flown back to the UK. And he's probably shattered, to be quite yeah. honest. You know. I, I would point out he didn't go to Sao Tome and Princep because they played both games in South Africa. Oh, did yeah. they? Yeah, they, I think it was for logistic and coronavirus reasons. Yeah, it's they right. thought it makes more sense to play both. So it was an away game, but it was actually played in Port right. Elizabeth, something right, like right. that. So, yeah. But even, even so... He's travelled halfway around the world, doesn't he? Twice. Yeah. So, see, you don't really want to be risking him if you don't have to, do you? So, no, no. So, I mean, we, we've shown we've got comfortably got enough depth in the team for players to come in and, and do the job. Um, so, yeah, so Furman, I'd imagine he probably will come back onto the bench for this one. Maybe drop armour, possibly, for it. Divine, maybe. Could be, actually, maybe. Although, again, be harsh on him, because he's done one when he's coming into yeah, shows, yeah. isn't it, really? Um Conor Malley's not going to be involved for a while, we don't think, with his foot injury. And obviously Dickinson and Walker remain out injured long-term. And I think Charters and Dixon, who obviously didn't feature at the weekend, just going to have to be patient. I think they're just going to be sort of subbed in and out when needed onto the bench. Yeah, I, I think, I think barring no more injuries, I'd, I'd be surprised if uh, Malley and Obiero stayed past January. Yeah, because I mean... The, the, Mali at the end of the day hasn't really had the impact and no, if and anything he's just blocking the path for Dixon and Charters isn't he you, you would like to think Dickinson and Walker will be back because Walker's a full season as well isn't yeah. he yeah and he, I and think then, he showed his, his then we've got your, your Dixon and Charters so. yeah. you do wonder if maybe they might look in January maybe not so much for Dixon because he's one you need to ease sort of back in but maybe for Charters do you look and get him out on loan to a National League club possibly in January yeah, if, yeah. if you can because I think he's done well when he's come in and he's looked more than capable but he's just not quite at the level of you know the other players in the squad, yeah. is he? So, yeah, it'd be good for him that. Um, Tramir Rovers team news: Liam Rydall, uh he missed their weekend win over Grimsby with a groin injury, but it sounds like they're hoping he'll be back in training on Monday, so could be in contention to face United again. Another good quality player, Liam Rydall. Um yeah. and Stefan Payne is out longer term with a groin injury. Uh, predictions, Dan. Well, fans of our predictions will be glad to hear me going for a good, solid one-all draw. Ooh. Ooh, who are you going to go for goal scorer? I will go for Gimme's dual goal, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Well, as you may have seen on the weekend, people who follow me on Twitter, I was a little bit successful with the bookies this weekend in terms of better on Carl United. Yeah, so I, yeah. I backed a three-nil win with Aaron Hayden to score any time. Came out seventy-six to one. I'm in the money. I only put a pound on it, but you know, <laughs> they all count. You know, yeah. that's all I say. You know, you know, gamble responsibly, and I gamble responsibly. Just the pounds for me. Um, this is going to be a tough one, and I genuinely think it's probably the toughest game we're going to face this season because they've really hit a patch of form and they're at home. New one manager, one yeah. to impress a new manager. I'm going to go for a one 0 win though. I, I think we're going to nick it, and I think it's going to be a, a bit smash and grab. I think it'll be a smash and grab. I think it'll be a, a bit of an onslaught from them second half, but I'm going to go for a Paul Thurman to have it. Paul Farman, even, sorry, to have an absolute wonder game, probably his best game for us yet. I'm not going to back him to score, I should say. There, by the way, <laughs> make that clear. Um, in terms of the goal, uh, I think Mellish is going to be back on the go- score sheet. I'm going to thunder one in from 20 yards. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> Even Mellish or Turing, yeah. I don't think it's one, but I'm going to go with Mellish for this one. So let's move on to the X-Files, Dan. There's not a massive amount for this one, but there's a few. Not a massive a lot. Uh, Jack Bonham saved a penalty for Gillingham in their one-all draw with Charlton. Uh, I think that's a bit of a derby game, Gillingham-Charlton. Yeah, it's not Kent derby, isn't it? Yeah. It's and Charlton consider themselves what one, st- one stat I saw on Twitter went just after he saved it. Apparently he saved four of the five penalties he's faced for he Gillingham. Saved- did he save one or two for us as well, I think, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's, a, he's a big lad, you know, so he yeah. obviously he's fills a, good a goal. He's a good yeah. keeper, yeah. 
Yeah, you but took no, a while uh, to settle in with us. But, yeah. Four out of five is exceptional, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, in terms of goals, uh, Yates and Medine, both for Blackpool, turning into a decent pairing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe McKee for Queen of the South, Simon Grand for Chester. Oh, and nice we also missed off Christy Elliott scoring for Dundee uh, the weekend before last. Yeah. He's, but, got, he's uh, got a few goals for Mersin, I think. Yeah, two I think I think he's playing more as a right midfielder sometimes for them. Oh, well, there you go. But uh, yeah. yeah, not too many this week. But uh, those are those are the ex Blues who've made a little bit of news. Indeed, indeed, oh, that's good. Good, good to see. Good to see. Um, okay, then Dan, uh, that's pretty much summed it up for this week, isn't it? Um, or this this episode, even. Sorry. Um, thank you once again for joining me. Always no appreciate it. It's always good. Um, so yeah, uh, in terms of the specials. Um, yeah, I've got people asking me, so we're going to have to get these sorted. <laughs> let, 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 well, let's me and you then record that kit special this week. Let's let's do it at some point. I'll set a bit of time aside because I think it could be a really good one. That yeah, one. Like yeah. I've got a few more lined up. Um, and obviously, like anything with our podcast, the best things in life, it's free. So, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you've got any comments or feedback, or anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please remember you can su- subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please also div- do give us a review, and make sure it's not a bad review. That, that's always uh, important. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate the excellent feedback we've so far. There's been some really good stuff out there, hasn't there? Um, so, yeah, um, in terms of the map, nothing new there, I don't think, Dan. I think oh, we're, we're still the same. Um, just having a look around some of the other countries and the places where people are listening. And, um, yeah, looking at the Netherlands, for instance, I mean, they're always in big cities, aren't they? In the Netherlands, you had one, there's five in Amsterdam, then one near Utrecht, I think. A uh, bit disappointing. We want to spread it around the Netherlands, if possible, because we, we like to, there to be a joy in Leverden, wouldn't we? Yes, Good to say that, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so, yes, um, as I said, Dan, thanks again for uh, joining me. Uh, really do appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll be back on Thursday or Friday, hopefully, with yeah, the we'll preview for the Sunday. FA Cup. We'll play on Sunday, don't Indeed we? Indeed so we do, yeah. So. We'll probably get it out on uh, Saturday. Yeah, so that'll be a good one, that one. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, up the blues. Up the blues.